Hey everyone, welcome to Snarf Talk with Chris and Jerry. And this is our podcast where we give you a behind the scenes look as we create a comic book. We're going to talk about TV, movies, comic books, and hopefully have a lot of guests, other writers, creators, and friends. Um, check us out at snarfcomics.com. You can check out our blog and follow along with everything we got going on. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Snarf Comics. And please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. Enjoy the episode. Hello, Christopher. Back at it. We're here again. We're in the studio. Podcasting. We are in our professional studio that we take care of. Yeah. (laughs) Inside joke. You wouldn't understand. Yeah. No, uh, I will outside that joke. Oh, all right. We have a little podcast studio here. It is in a working office. Yes. Your working office. (laughs) Which is utilized by many, many, many people throughout the day. Generally, we have if we have a guest, we shut the refrigerator off. We unplug the refrigerator. We do because it runs behind where their microphone is pointing, and you can hear it. You can it, hear it probably in this episode. It's annoying. We leave it plugged in most of the time, but if there's a guest, it's the, the mic. The refrigerator is directly behind them, so we unplug it. It's loud. In the last podcast we did, or now it's probably been a couple ago, but Jerry unplugged and dropped the cord. I did. I unplugged it. The cord dropped. To where you cannot reach it without pulling the refrigerator out. Correct. What happened next, and this was on a Thursday. A Thursday evening. Yeah. What happened next is we never remembered to plug it back in. Right. Which happens frequently. It does. But what also used to happen frequently is that we would record on like a Tuesday, let's say. And people were here on Wednesday or around, you know. And and even if you didn't pay attention to it on Tuesday or on Wednesday... Thursday, it was noticed, and things somebody were fixed. would plug it back in, be annoyed at me, and move about their day. Yeah. This particular occasion, nobody noticed it or wasn't here on Friday. Over the weekend, nobody plugged it in. That's a Saturday and a Sunday. Monday, nobody was here, didn't get plugged in. Tuesday, I received word that there is a putrid smell coming. Hmm. From where, the refrigerator. Where? Why would that happen? Upon opening it, the <laughs> freezer, which had meat in it, lots of meat, would, had had digressed to meat juice, Ugh. which then trickled throughout from the freezer down into the coils and the fans, and the, yeah. and then down into the refrigerator area where it pooled in a pool of blood in the Big bottom, pool of soaking blood. everything in its path. Okay. Yeah. With just putrid meat with juice. rotten meat juice, that so sucks. it was a real issue. Yeah, that sucks. That's my my bad. Yeah, it spoiled some food. Uh, yeah, and meat. <laughs> <laughs> it did some bad things, but apparently it still works. Yeah, no, I I got to plug back in. It just uh, uh-huh. had to put uh, somebody on a half a day of bleaching duty. Oh, so well, you know. You come to work to work, right? These are the perils of podcasting, folks. I don't <laughs> know is. if you know it or not. It is. This is something it's that It's not we... all just fun and games. Sometimes it's about rancid meat. <laughs> yeah. A lot, of, a lot of them are about rancid Speaking meat. Speaking of non-rancid meat, um, we had a, a listener of ours and also a podcast sponsor 
Seed and Top Show Pigs. Yes, Seed and Top Show Pigs. That uh, hooked us up with some pork. fat pork. Did you get yours? I have not, but I did receive a call yesterday that my pork is ready and waiting for me. Yes, I did two days ago, so they didn't mine before yours. Um, because they actually, knew. My, mine was three days ago. Now no, I, I mine was correctly. last Friday. What day is it? It's Wednesday, so uh, yeah, no. Yeah, it was a yeah. month ago. Oh, when okay. I, <laughs> Damn. They called me and they told Gosh. me my pork was they, like, ready. Premeditated. They actually your no. Pork. They said they said um, you're the guy from Snarf Talk, right? And I said yeah. 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 Me. And they said we're gonna put it in overdrive. We're actually gonna get it done a week ago. Wow. They went back in time. No kidding. Back to the future. Go went back in time. Gosh, Doc Brown. Doc Brown did your meat. It was Huey Lewis, actually. Oh, and he, the news. He passed away. Oh no, that was Eddie Money. Eddie that Money was. died. They're like the same person. So if you need some pork, yeah. I recommend that Multiple you head on slabs over of to Seed and Top Show Pigs. Mm-hmm. Where not only do they produce the finest show pigs in these United States, in the greater, they also have some delightful Tri County for your freezer needs. And I don't know if you know this or not, but if you buy meat from a farmer, okay, and then take it to a butcher shop, it's like a tenth of the price that it is in the grocery store. It is store. much cheaper. Like I got a half a beef last year, yeah, yeah. and it averages out to like. A dollar eighty a pound. Isn't that something. incredible? And then you go to the market or the grocery store, and you're picking like five dollars a pound for ground for beef. ground beef. It's yeah. crazy. Why are why isn't everybody doing this? And I think the upfront cost is what gets people. Yeah, you gotta you gotta lay it all on the line. Right. Let's say you're you're going in there and you're throwing them eight hundred dollars for this big chunk of meat, and you're like, man, well, I've eight hundred dollars. Eight hundred dollars no, for meat. But well, it's it's happened. I usually get a quarter beef. Okay, so it's like a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, it's pretty cheap. And if you happen to start your own famous podcast, mm-hmm. sometimes people just give you pork. That's true too. I mean, we did buy it, but we, we did pay at for a it. discount. But next time, don't expect a discount. <laughs> if you're next time it'll be pork. Free. Um, um, besides that, yeah. So uh, this episode, we've got. I've just got a like one news story really to talk about, but. Uh, The rest of it, we had an episode uh, a little while ago that was about the Joker movie. I don't know if you've heard of it. It just made all the money. Yeah, it made all the monies and probably an Oscar for Best Actor. Yeah, most likely. Uh, Chris hated it. Was despised basically every part of it because he hates art and he doesn't like me as a person. This is an accurate portrayal of my opinion um, but he just wasn't as thrilled with no, it but as go us. back in time anyway follow the huey lewis and the news trail or just the news you don't need to follow huey but follow their trail back and listen to our joker review after you've seen the movie because it's filled with spoilers yes the whole thing's filled with spoilers it's all about that one movie anyway we had that movie now what we want to do in this podcast isn't necessarily ranking jokers yeah it's more of us just letting you know which ones we like yeah. the best. And having a discussion about it. So this is our second Jokerific it is podcast episode. Full of joke-tastic material. Um, none of it will be funny. <laughs> <laughs> Except for that. <laughs> right? Yeah, that was funny. Uh, real quick news story, though. There was a show that came out. It'd be a few weeks ago now, I think. Uh, that you would think I would love, right? Really? Oh, yeah, you'd think I would. It's a DC show. 
Okay. It has the name Bat in it. Oh, Batwoman. But it ends, yeah, it ends with woman. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. That's why you don't like it? No, that's not why I don't like it. You sexist. I actually haven't watched any of it, so I okay. wasn't going to give you my review of okay. it. What I was going to it give It just you, came out like this week, so. Well, right, but when this episode comes out, it was a while ago. Okay. That's why I said like three weeks ago, and you ruined the I movie I think I'm going to record it. Okay. I, I am going to go and watch it because I feel like I need to watch this train wreck of a show. Okay. And if you look at any of the reviews about I have this, not seen any reviews. So it is getting basically like one star review bombed on Rotten Tomatoes. And I thought maybe these people on Rotten Tomatoes are just going overboard and doing it on purpose. Is that one of those things though? Like uh, something else came out, Captain Marvel, and they said it got bomb. You know, bomb right? Review so bomb. that's what is that's that, what that I thought happening? too. That's what I thought too. That's okay. what I thought was happening on on Rotten Tomatoes because Captain Marvel was definitely not deserving then, of the one star reviews. I didn't think it was great, but it wasn't. Uh, then terrible. I go, I trust more in the reviews on IMDb. Okay. So I love IMDb. I think it's really good. I like the reviews better on there. I think Rotten Tomatoes is too media driven. Okay. And fair enough. Uh, I think it's like a where the crowds go to slam movies on purpose or to like boost them up on purpose. Okay. I don't think they're true, accurate reviews. So I didn't believe that. I thought, no, I'm going to give it a more of a chance. So I went to IMDb and started looking at those reviews. And they do star reviews out of 10 stars. And it has 3.2 out of 10 stars. Ouch. So I started reading the reviews. And this is out of like 14,000 reviews recently that I got. I started reading all the reviews. And they're legitimate reviews. They're not just like one or two lines like, oh, I don't like them because they're lesbian. I don't like them because it's a woman. It's none of that. They literally give you all of these reviews, give you a breakdown of the characters, of the TV show, like of everything and it sounds awful really oh my gosh everything about it they said every single review talked about how terrible of an actress ruby rose is she seems really bad from the trailers Um, she looks like joyless and just expressionless they said the content of the episodes are just not good because so she's a very skinny and and petite woman as it is uh, and they show her just you know taking control of like five different men in a fight scene, just manhandling them, throwing them around. And they said if just a few minutes later in the show, a smaller blonde woman manhandles her, just throws her around. Like, how are you overtaken by this woman when you just threw five men around right. with no problem? And yet we are to believe that you have some sort of power and then this little girl just beat you up. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. There's a lot of continuity errors. Is that how you say Continuity. Continuity continuity errors. And they said the dialogue is very, very lacking. It just, it just sounds like a very poor, poorly put together show. But, and I'm going to look at it. Pilot seasons are typically not great for any show. You're right. But any show that isn't like Netflix or HBO. I'm just saying, yeah, and a lot of them were saying like these garbage CW shows. A lot of people said that, but The Flash doesn't get those reviews. Arrow doesn't get those reviews. Black Lightning is like the newest one. It gets very good reviews. Supergirl gets great reviews. Supergirls get, yeah. I mean, and every once in a while, there's terrible reviews in there about it. 
but overall they're pretty good. I thought Legends of Tomorrow was relatively weak. People like that. Yeah. Um I didn't bother me. This is this is bad. It's hmm. really bad. But the critic score of it is like 80%. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Hmm. Doesn't it? I mean, a lot of shows, a lot of movies where the critics are rating it very high, most of the public do not enjoy but it. But what reason does the critics have to to give this such a high score if it's not good? So all of the critic reviews have been about uh, w- like women empowerment, okay. and this is something that is needed in today's society. And I'm not t- I'm not trying to take away from that. I th- we've talked about this in length before about if the story is good, it doesn't matter who the main character is, and I still firmly believe that. If you were to make a show that is story driven and has a good plot and you can put it together on screen well, it doesn't matter who the main character is. And if you put the emphasis on the story, you will do well. Yeah. If you put the emphasis on she's a woman, uh, like a, a queer woman that is going to take back the city. I don't know if you can use that word. Yeah, you absolutely can. Okay. Depends on what they want to be called. Okay. I'm going to call it. You're walking on the edge. Uh, She, like, she wants to take back the city for the women. And it's apparently, and again, this is all written in a lot of those reviews. You can go, this is not from me. This is all from the reviews. They all say that they are literally pinning men as the worst people in the world. Which, maybe some of us are. But, I don't know, in that TV show... Why do you have to do that? They also pinned um, uh, police officers as, ter- as terrible people. They like say it in the show, and they replace all of police with private security in the show because they say that the public police are bad people. And it's just, I don't know. I feel like it's playing to a lot of the media-driven um, problems in our society. However, that being said. And that's uh, aggravating to me. It doesn't have to be for you. There might be no, a whole bunch of people where they want to see that. That's what resonates with them. And if they get something that's for them and they enjoy it, that's great. We're going to find out how many of those people there are. Yeah. You know, are I there enough about, people? Maybe about six or seven. Are there enough of those people that want to see this that can make it continue? Because, hey, if the show's a success, by all means, keep making it. I don't need to watch it. I'll give it 100%. a shot. One hundred percent, for I, sure. And that's how I felt. Like I thought I was going to love Legends of, the, of Tomorrow. I don't really care for it, so I yeah. quit watching it. You know, and but a lot of people like it, and it's out, and it's still running. Like, I mean, there's no doubt. All of tons those of shows, CW Berlanti shows, are a little cheesy. Yeah, um, so I like the cheese. It doesn't bother me. I mean, I always liked Arrow, but Arrow would get into certain points where it became like a super soap opera. Yeah, and more so than even Flash. Which does Flash it, does too, though. Definitely in does. A, in a way. So, you know, we'll see. Now, there is also big news from the CW Berlanti universe. Because oh, they just keep going. Yeah, they do. They don't stop. Um, I think there's... Can't stop. Is it six stop. shows? Within like within 10 years, they've had six shows. I think they get Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, Black Lightning, Legends of Tomorrow, Batwoman. And now they have a seventh one coming out. They and do? It, they're spinning off and rebooting Arrow... Um, and it's going to be basically 
like Birds of Prey, I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. it's um, the new Green Arrow, which is apparently a girl, but I don't know who. Yes. And then um, Laurel Lance, I think is she like Black Laurel. Canary. And then there's a couple other female. So it's all female, like... Um, cast cast of yeah you know black you know i don't know if it's yes i did see that because i don't know if there's hundreds i think hundreds might be in it so it's basically birds of prey with green arrow which they'll probably do better than the movie birds of prey yeah that looks rough it looks bad so i mean they're doubling down on it and um you know we'll see what people think of it yeah that was my only bit of news really um let's get into the meat it just looks sad uh, the, so the meat and potatoes, once again, is our takes on like what our favorite Joker yeah. iterations are. In, in light of the super successful movie, we thought it was worthwhile to sit down and talk about some of our favorites. And I think it's worth noting um, when it comes to the Joker and the new Joker movie and all the iterations of Joker, be it comic books, video games, movies. Yes. Um, but, yeah, it could be any. It's any of those things. One of my favorite things about the character is there is no definitive take. There's a hundred different takes on the Joker. Um, every writer, producer, director, they've all put their different spin on it. And that's fine. It's like literally one of the only characters that's so malleable that you can just do it in completely different ways. Yes. And that's why one of the things I've always found interesting about the character. And to also take a character that seems so ridiculous, but somehow managed to always make the Joker to be a massive threat. And that, that to me is, I think, the biggest takeaway of this character. The reason why I love him so much, again, I'm a huge Batman fan, and of course I would like the Joker, right? Like, if you're a huge Batman fan, most people do enjoy the Joker quite a bit. The reason I like him so much is that it is a character that you would think is just ridiculous. Yeah. Why would you want to like something? But the story behind him is always so good. Yeah. And, and it, we had talked about it in our review of the Joker. You had said it, that there's never been an origin. It's always been this well, there, guy. There's like this, been origins. Right. There, but sure, there's no, but there's there's no, no like canon origins. Or, origin for the Joker. Right. It's just, he is the Joker. He's around. I mean, as far as I know, they've really only been two origins, right? So there's been the Killing Joke killing by joke. Um, Alan Moore um, that kind of delves into his past. And then there's been Batman 89 um, with yes. Jack Nicholson. Jack, Jack Napier. Yeah, where they do give his origin in that. And those are really the only two, and they're not the same at all. No. No, they're not. Um, so, but none of it's really been ever made official. The Killing Joke was not an official. It was a standalone book. Mm-hmm. Um, ba- the Batman movies, obviously from the 80s and 90s, are definitely not right. uh, part of any universe other than their own. So, um, that being said, what are some of your... <clears throat> let's start so with... So, are we going to go with like our favorite takes or I just... think we can do like our favorite takes overall. Um, and then also like... We'll specifically hone in on the second half on like live action adaptations. Who are some of our favorites on so, screen? Okay, so are we separating no. the on screen and no, oh, no, okay, no, never mind. So <clears throat> right off the bat, I'll just start it with my. 
I don't want to say overall favorite, but the one that started it all for me wasn't. Um, a lot of people say C- Caesar Romero because of Batman sixty six, like he was the original on screen Joker. Most people like him a lot and yeah. like his take. What got me into the Joker the most before I really got into reading comic books was Batman the Animated Series, the Mark Hamill Joker. That was that was and is still the Joker that I think of in my brain. If somebody were to say, you know, if somebody just came up to me and said, think of the Joker. Right. Like, that's immediately what would pop in my head is him. His laugh, the sound, like the way his movements were in the animated series, the things that he did. He was the jokey type jokester, but he could be pretty evil too yeah. at times. Um, it's just that since it was a kid's show, they couldn't go too in depth with that. But he wasn't a nice person, right. and he, but he was also the jokester type of, uh, like the comedian type of bad guy. So. I just always love that. It's more of a nostalgic type thing, but it is a very, very good character as well. Like the writing was good for him. And then Mark Hamill blows it out of the water when it comes to acting like him. I will have to say, I think overall, um, I would agree with you to me, that version, I'm not saying it's my favorite or it's, or it's what sticks out most of my mind, but that is, I think they nailed it most with what the Joker is and should be. Yes. Um, overall. So, because I, I do like the fact that they really span all three. And you talked about it in a previous episode. There's like three different kinds of Joker, right? Yeah. There's like chaotic evil. There's like criminal mastermind Joker. And then there's like funny jokester, you know, yeah. squirting flowers type Joker. Yep. And the like the, the gun that shoots yeah. out a flag that says bang. and in the animated series, they they manage to take all three of those. They do and they put it into that one. Character. They span all three of those types. There are times when he's crazy for the sake of crazy and chaotic. There are times when he's. So here's the other argument with that is that in that same episode when I was talking about that, Grant Morrison then says that it's the same person. Yeah, he's just able to changes or he's not able. His brain just changes on him and makes him a different person even though it's the same body he's got all of a sudden a different brain it just like that's his problem is that it keeps changing so in the animated series is he that type of i think so i mean that makes sense because they do all three of those and you know there's times when he's masterminding crimes with gangs and there's times when he's just on his own and being crazy there's times when he's funny yeah and uh, mark hamill does a brilliant portrayal i mean i think probably you know, all around, probably he's the best take on the Joker. I mean, just, I know he didn't write the parts or necessarily act them, but he, he acted hard. Oh yeah. You need to, acted. if you've never watched, you can look it up on YouTube. You can see him acting as the Joker, like doing his voice bits. If you watch him recording his audio for the Joker, he like becomes that yeah. character, even though he's just standing just like I am in front of a microphone and reading off of a piece of paper, he's into it. And, and, and amazingly, bridged two worlds, because he played the Joker in the Arkham series. Yes, the, all the Arkham um, songs. Which was a completely different take on the Joker. So I do, I'm do. i with you on the fact that I think the Joker from the animated series is 
if not the best, one of the best takes on the Joker as far as the character. Yeah. Um, I think that really nails it. I mean, there's so much more to go in depth to because um, the killing joke is another one that jumps to my mind. And not for necessarily the reasons of, you know, I think they nailed it with the character. That's that's that isn't what I think of necessarily when I think of the Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, and I guess I'll shortcut this. I'll go back. For me, generally, if you say the Joker, the first thing I'm going to think of is Cesar Romero. Okay. And I don't know if that comes from watching that show as a small child. Probably. Um, but you know. If you went back and watched those now, I mean, as visually as the Joker, like I see that a lot in my yeah. mind. However, that honestly is interesting because if you go back and watch that show, he's not really the Joker as much as the Riddler is the Joker. Is the you know what I mean? Right. Like they have it's just, he plays it differently. I think he does a great job of it. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily think any more these days. I think that that version's kind of done. You know, I mean, yeah, it's it kind is. of out of the consciousness of that character. And I think, um, yeah, I think people want they people want so much more out of that character than what was given in that show. Yeah. So, I mean, I do think a lot about the killing joke. And the one thing that always gets me in the killing joke portrayal of the Joker is like the obsessiveness, the the need to torment so the idea behind yeah. the killing joke, and, and you should definitely go read it. And I, this isn't going to be a perfect summary here, but and spoilers because it's definitely not worth spoiling. But um, there is a part in that movie where he shoots Barbara or, Gordon. Yes, or uh, comic book, comic book, uh, Commissioner Gordon's daughter. But he doesn't really and tortures. Mm-hmm. And his main purpose for doing that is just to torment Batman and Commissioner Gordon. Gordon. Just like hang it over their head and just torment them. And he brings, I mean, his whole idea is he wants to bring Batman to the brink of his code. Yeah. And all he wants to do is for Batman, essentially, to kill him just so Batman breaks his code. So he can do it. That's like his ultimate goal. And I just think that's a really cool idea. It isn't necessarily like going in depth like, oh, that's the best portrayal of the Joker. But I just think that's a great idea. And it does reverberate into other iterations of the Joker. It's definitely been other things have been based on that for sure. Um, But the idea that, you know, he has an obsession with death and he has an obsession with making Batman break his code. Like there is many iterations of the Joker where all Joker wants is for Batman to kill him. Yeah, and absolutely. I think that's that's cool. Um, I also have the Killing Joke on my list of uh, the favorites, and rightfully so. I think it should be on anybody's, but I, I agree with you. Like it's he. It, th- that's the biggest point is that he is trying to get him to break his code. Like that's all he's worried about, and he has in every iteration that you'll see of the Joker. There's one constant, and that is where he just has an obsession. With Batman. Yeah. It's not anything else. It's just an obsession and like weird love for this person. And I think that's, I, I just love everything about that. If, if I had to take, I guess if I had to take like a, a comic book Joker, that is my favorite. And I, I will say it's my favorite out of the comic books because 
because I'm that kind of guy. You know, I'll tell you it's my favorite. And I uh, like the doom and gloom. I like the craziness. I like the super chaotic, insane Joker. Yeah. And this story, it's just the story that gets me. It's of it's death of the family. Yeah. It's the Scott Snyder that's run, on, Greg Capullo. That's on my list too. Death uh, of the family and then also Endgame. Yes. So it's a 23-issue arc, I think. It's like volume three of the... Um, the whole Scott Snyder run. And then there's a break between the two with zero year or yeah. something like that. But so it's like a playoff of like death in the family is when he kills Jason Todd, he beats him with a crowbar. And then now this one, death of the family, he finds out, uh, or he, he's letting Batman know that he knows the identity of all of his friends. Yeah. So that's like Nightwing, uh, Robin, Batgirl, Batman himself, he knows who Alfred is. He knows all these people, and he he rounds them all up, basically, and attacks them. And before this, though, his face has been removed. Yeah. So the Joker's face is taken off. And for a while, all you see is just, like, a meat face guy. Well, then he goes back to the uh, police station, because the police have his face, and he gets his face back. And, he and, staples and that it. is an amazing scene in that police station where yeah. he kills the generator and there's no lights in there. And he systematically is just breaking the necks of all yeah. the killing dark, people. Man. It is dark. And he then he gets his back and staples it like big staples on his face and staples his face back on. And then so throughout, like I said, he's like he's tormenting Batman because he's finding out who all these people are. He says he does. And he's given them this, like, uh, I think it's Joker Venom is what I think it is because it changes them as yeah. as people. And um, so Batman, Alfred, like, tells him that he knows or that he was in the Batcave. He says he was in the Batcave and he was playing cards. So after Batman finds out that he was playing cards in the Batcave, he doesn't believe that he has found the Batcave or knows anything about it. Um can't remember how, how it goes, but he's in Arkham Asylum, and he goes there as Bruce Wayne. He goes to Arkham Asylum as Bruce Wayne and brings up the fact that Alfred saw him in the cave, and he knew he was in the cave playing cards. And he does that to basically tell the Joker who he is. And then at the end of the day, the Joker didn't care about any of that. He didn't care who Batman was. He didn't care who any of these people were. He literally only cared about driving him completely insane. Right. He didn't care about any of it. It wasn't like he was going to go run around the city and say, I found out who Batman was. I found out. And then he finds a book of the Jokers because the Joker said he wrote down everybody's names and who they were in this notebook. And throughout the whole series, he's got this book. And Batman eventually picks it up and gets it back, and there's nothing written in it. Yeah. Because he didn't give a shit about any of these people. He just wanted to drive Batman insane and make him completely crazy. Which he does. And he does. And it's... And then I... um, Unbelievable. And that's a great one. Uh, And I I actually almost like Endgame better. Um, Or not better or worse. It's just I like that one too. Because it really escalates. Because I love an Endgame where it shows you like the true power of the Joker as like a force. Yeah. I mean, he, at one point in that book and correct me if I'm wrong, he turns the entire justice league uh, against, against, him. yeah. And 
it escalates and i really love the ending of endgame yeah um there's a lot of that obsession and love and interplay that obsession that joker has with batman and him bringing up over the fact that you know the only reason he exists is because batman exists the only reason that batman exists because he exists so i think uh scott snyder really nailed it and that obviously also one of my favorite favorite takes um i I just can't get over that writing to me once you read all of it and i don't know like this is where you can get where we've said it a billion times like if the story is good doesn't matter who's on the page and if you just read it as what it is it's literally a battle between two people that just cannot stop obsessing over each other right and batman is tech batman's obsessing over him because he is an evil person and he's doing bad things but then again do I don't know if I really believe that Batman would go around at this point in his career. I don't think he would go around as much as he does. Like, I don't think he would take it quite as seriously or quite as obsessively as he does if the Joker wasn't there. I don't think he would need to. Right. You know? And then just be regular crime. The Joker actually is always kind of bringing up good points. He's like, you know, you're causing this. Yes. By not killing me. And that's like the ultimate joke to him. You know what I mean? And And here's the thing. Um, I heard it just today, actually. What was it? What was it on? Um, I think it was on a geek history lesson, actually, that uh, Bill Finger. So there's an argument on who created the Joker. So Bill Finger, Bob Kane, and then another guy, Tom something that starts with an R, are credited with creating Joker as a character. And then if you talk to Bob Kane, he basically solely created him because that's the way Bob Kane thought of everything he solely created. Bill Finger gives his own story. But anyway, Bill Finger only wanted the Joker in the first two two issues of Batman because he said he didn't want a character that constantly came back because it would look like Batman can't do his job. Right. Well, he was overthrown by DC uh, at the time, and they whoever was in charge of you know dc at the time just told him no like we're gonna keep him back keep him here and it was like 16 out of the next 20 issues the joker was in them um and he just constantly kept coming back and bill finger hated it because of that because he just thought it was ridiculous that you have this batman character that can is the best detective and can defeat all crime and then yet he won't defeat this man but I think that's what's grown the Joker as a whole. Like that's why everybody loves the Joker is because he he's like ever present. Right. You always know at some point he could come back. Like everything could look good in the comic book runs or in a movie. Like everything could look good. The Batman's won the day. The Joker's still out there. Right. You know, even if he's in Arkham Asylum, it doesn't matter. He gets out somehow. And I recently watched uh um uh animated uh movie um return of the joker batman beyond return of the joker oh yeah which a lot of people point to that they really like and that's a great example of that i mean you got like an 80 year old bruce wayne right with a young new batman yeah and yet here comes the joker again and uh, you know they're trying to figure out how, how is this possible and he does dna analysis it's the same joker i won't give away the oh, ending yeah. of the movie um i wasn't crazy about the movie overall it's it's a good it's a good movie but 
Um, you know, like you said, he's just in that take on him. They really like give him the credit of like the being the mastermind. I mean, he really mm-hmm. like has planned this out, like has a handle on technology and is very smart. Yeah. And so that's interesting. Um, another one in the comics that really jumps out at me is death in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that one really interesting because I don't know if it's the first iteration, but that's where you really start to get some like gruesomely violent Joker. That's just, I think that's like the first take on the Joker that is that violent. Yeah, that don't you think? I don't know if it's the first. I I don't know for sure, but it's definitely shocking. And what's really interesting about that comic is when that came out, it's at the time that was a reader poll. It was a reader. That's right. They wanted to see him die. They they had a vote whether or not Jason Todd should be killed. Yeah, and the readers voted yes. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> I forgot about that. And so that's what they did in the comic. And it was a shocking book. It's it's still one of the best. Uh, the, the cover is amazing. Yeah. It's the, a great, great, great book. Um, another one that um, kind of jumps out to me, which you probably ha- wouldn't think about. Um, we talk about this like obsession and love that the Joker has for Batman. And I think one of the best examples of it, crazily enough, is Zach Galifianakis. And the Lego Batman in movie. In Lego Batman movie. Um, I they, think that's a great Batman. Yeah, it's a great Batman. And Zach Galifianakis plays the Joker, and I think he does a great job of it. But the writing for that movie is such that they really play up on the fact that, like, the Joker's in love with Batman, and yes. Batman's in love with Joker, and just he's got this obsession for him. And I think they really did, they nailed it on that aspect. And that isn't every iteration of the Joker, but it's one that's kind of become more popular um yeah it's recently so that's what i always think about yeah i agree with you i think that is very good um it's really fun to watch it is really fun to watch and yeah zach galifianakis does a really good job at that Uh, i never i didn't even think about it actually i should have because i do enjoy that so much another good one to check out is um the man who laughs which was um actually it's kind of an origin take it was kind of a spinoff of Batman Year One. It was written by Ed Brubaker back in the early 2000s. And and if you know me, and you're I a big love fan me Brubaker. some Ed Brubaker. Um, I did. I, I enjoyed that book. Um, it's not probably one of my favorites, um, but it's definitely interesting. Um, I haven't reread it in a while, so I definitely want to reread it. But so if we're talking live action, we've talked a lot about the comics. Um, or unless did you have more comics? No, I think we could go to live action. I think if that's you're fine. talking live action. What's your favorite or, I don't know, what, what portrayals jump out at you? What are the most so, notable, I guess? Well, I mean, right now, the whole Joaquin Phoenix one is, is obviously fresh in my brain. Yeah. Now, and for me, that one's tough because I think it misses a lot of the hallmarks of what I want or expect out of the character so, of Joker. Right. So what I was going to say is like what I think that Joker can become will be great. Yeah. If they make more. Um, I like that movie, but I don't think he's Joker yet. Yeah. Until like we had we had said in the review, um, the like the very last scene when he's or not the very last scene, but close to the end, uh, he's standing on the car and realizes like I've done all of this and now you're like it's like you're my people. Yeah. And I'm in charge of you. Like 
that's when he becomes the Joker in yeah. that movie. All the rest of it is just building up to that and a, and a normal man. He's just Arthur Fleck. Isn't it Arthur Fleck? Something like that, yeah. Um, that's all he is. Uh, so to say he's one of the best Jokers, a lot of people have said it. A lot of people have said, oh, it's better than, uh, better than uh, Heath Ledger's Joker. Like it's way better than that. It's the best portrayal of the Joker. He's not yet the Joker. So I think a lot of people that are saying that don't really know a lot about the Joker. Right. Um, but they're more just talking about the performance. It's a phenomenal performance. Yeah. But I, to me, like, if I think of a performance, I think of Jared Leto. No, that's not <laughs> true at all. He's terrible. Uh, I will go on record and say he's terrible. Don't ever watch it. That was very disappointing. And he's barely in that movie when they yeah, kind of pitched him being in it way more. It's ridiculous. I don't think it's his fault. Um, I no, think, I think he tried the best that they gave him. I actually think he acted it pretty well. Um, what was ridiculous was, the, to me, the look of that character um, goes against everything that the character stands for really yeah it's he's not, got like the tattoos that say ha 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 and he's got like a smile on his hand tattooed on there and he's got like a grill and i'm like that doesn't make any sense for the character the way the way he looks in the way the joker looks in endgame like batman endgame and the jared leto joker are somewhat similar though kind of without any like you'd have to take all of the tattoos away and the grill away but his hair, the yeah. way it is, like slicked back, the super white skin, um, that's kind of similar. He just doesn't dress the same yeah. way and whatever. Anyway, I didn't want to talk about that Joker at all because it's terrible. Uh, I was going to bring up Heath Ledger because uh, overall, if I'm going to watch a Joker on the big screen or on my screen at home, it's incredible. Yeah. Like what he did with that character, I think, is incredible. You don't. He gives you backstory in, in the movie. He constantly gives you backstory, though. And when you, when you hear the first backstory about, like, my dad was a drinker and, you know, like how he got these scars. I, at first, I was like, oh, man, like that. I didn't even think about it not being real. Yeah. Um, and he just tells you how it happens. And then all of a sudden, 35 minutes later in the movie, he does it again. And it's something completely different. And then later he does it again and yeah. something completely different. That's when you realize like, oh man, this dude, like who, who he probably just cut him in himself. You don't even know. You and don't that's know. why the, it's a brilliant performance. Yes. But, um, but it's a great take on the Joker. And, and like you said, the great part about that movie is it's a hundred percent lie. Yes. That character is a hundred percent lying all the time. And you don't even know if there is a backstory. You, it's easy to believe. Like, and you're first of all, you're just like, where the, where the hell did this guy come from? Yeah. But it's easy to believe like he's almost inhuman because it's just nonstop lying. And then he sits there and say, you know, rails about chaos and being and chaotic, but yet he's got meticulous plans. Right. Which he's, makes no sense. A lie in itself. He you know? is the criminal mastermind, but he's also chaotic. Yeah. Because be and. He proves that by having all of his guys spend who no, countless hours stacking money in this warehouse, and he sets it all on fire. Right. We don't give a shit about this money. Yeah. The only thing I care about right now is just creating havoc yeah. in this entire city, and that's all he wanted to do, and I, kill everyone. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a 
it's a really good take. If not, maybe and it's hard to argue that it's not the best take. You can clearly tell that Christopher Nolan did uh, some research yeah. on who the Joker was, what he needed to be, um, and then Heath Ledger took it, you know, in his own direction. However, he wanted to play it, like the whole licking his lips thing. Yeah. Uh, they, I had read a thing. It was about because of the prosthetic that he had on his face. He was drooling a lot. And then he had been licking his lips before the scene. And then he just kept doing it when they started filming. And he never, and he liked it and he kept doing it. Yeah. So it's weird how that stuff happens, but it's, it's an amazing it's take. Weirdly and there fun are so and many entertaining people. at the same time, horrifically um, disturbing. And he really nailed it. Yeah, and he really nailed the, the spirit of the Joker, too. And people that have never seen or read a comic book in their life or really didn't, like, uh, you know, pay attention to comic book movies can watch that movie and take it as, you know, you know whatever they want, but they can take it as, like, a really good portrayal of a like, incredibly sane, insane man. Right. Basically. I think it's different than what the Joker, the Joaquin Phoenix Joker is. Definitely. I definitely think it's different. I think it's a lot better. It's also different than the animated series Joker um, in a lot of ways, but some of those ways just could be potentially because of what they can do in the rated R movie versus a children's cartoon. Um, Was the Dark Knight rated R? It wasn't rated R. It was, yeah. It was rated R. Are you sure? Yep, I'm sure. 100% 100% sure. 100% sure. Because I feel like I need to look that up now because I don't feel like it came out as rated R. I feel like we're remiss to not mention another big Joker, and that is uh, Jack Nicholson, 1989 Batman Joker. Yeah. Uh, which was and always has been the definitive take on the Joker uh, prior to Heath Ledger, who kind of took off the mantle, if you're disregarding comic books. Um, and I still love that Joker. It was a PG-13 movie. I don't think so. Yes. Wow, that's crazy. Yes. Dark Knight cinematographer is still shocked it wasn't rated R. It ended up being a PG-13 movie when it came out. Well, anyway. There you go. Just had to prove you wrong, because you're always wanting up in me. (laughs) It was totally worth the time spent. You're welcome. (laughs) Uh, Jack Nicholson, I still love that portrayal of the Joker. I think he nailed it. Yes. And... He does more of the jokey joker. He does. And, and he, he does it really well. He does more, I wouldn't say a Cesar Romero take, not that no. campy. Um, but but he, it's a blend of that. You it, can tell he took from that. There's camp there. There's camp in his performance. There's humor. And there's menace, too. I mean, it's, he does all of it. I mean, there's a great scene in that movie where I think, and it's been a long time since I've seen it, but he's just like breaks into an art museum. Yes. Just to run around the art museum and spray paint the paintings. Yes, but he like saves one. Dancing through it. Here's a And that's genius and cuz that's chaos, man. Yeah. You know and what I mean? That is there's no reason for that to happen or Here's exist. a little tidbit of information. So the there's one um uh painting that the Joker saves from being spray painted on in that art gallery. He saves it and takes it off the wall and takes it with him, I think. Or he might just stop him from spray painting it. Either way, he saves it. Um, Heath Ledger directed the little short, like the all the stuff you saw on the TVs uh, of either the Joker or uh, when he kidnaps the fake Batman guy. You know, the guy who was acting like Batman in the hockey pads. Yeah. 
when he kidnaps him and puts him on in a chair and videotapes him like saying what the Joker's going to do. Heath Ledger directed that and he filmed it to look like that painting. Oh. And cuz the way they set up props in the back and the way the guy's sitting in the chair, it looks like the painting that Jack Nicholson saves in that uh, art museum. Hmm. Just a little inside baseball there take. That's cool. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> but I do love the Jack Nicholson Joker, and I don't think you can say, oh, Heath Ledger came around and he destroyed, or, you know, made that character amazing, so we can just disregard that. No, and that's a great thing about the Joker. There's many different takes. I think that was a brilliant portrayal, I think. Uh, but for me, I mean, at least in movies, I mean, I think I think Heath Ledger nailed the character as far for as sure. the menace and the chaos, but also the ability to mastermind things. I thought that was really cool. In animation, it's hard to beat Batman the Animated Series. And for yeah, me, for in sure. comics, I mean, although there's The Killing Joke and Death in the Family, The Man Who Laughs, there's a million other um, Joker things. There's an interesting one out now that is White Knight, where Joker becomes kind of a yeah, good guy. I still haven't read that. I need end, to read but, that. Um, that's interesting. For me, in the comics, though, I know it's new, but it's hard to beat that Scott Snyder Death of the Family I and Endgame runs. I mean, they're just there's a lot of true menace there. And I do love that idea of the obsession with Batman. And then again with the killing joke, the idea of his only purpose is to drive Batman to the breaking point to kill him. Right. To break that, his code. I really like that. That's a really good one. And I think Alan Moore has famously gone back and said he he disliked that book alan moore's but insane. he is does that with everything he basically hates everything he's ever written and he, he really hates, hates dc other things that have come from that he hates all the watchman stuff like the movie yeah the show he's been like adamantly yeah. against all watchman stuff um i'm sure he probably hated the animated there's a if you don't want to read the killing joke there's an animated movie that's pretty spot on it's we pretty much the exactly to watch the same that. thing very good um, I think the book is a little more menacing in its tone yeah. than the movie was, but the movie's great. Um, the ending is, I'm not going to give it away because it's so <laughs> it's great, so man. Good. It's so good. Uh, it, it's definitely going to be an ending that you're just like, what? Yeah. It's like an unforgettable ending. So I don't think, again, I don't think this is a ranking anything because I just don't feel like you can. I don't, I don't think it's possible to rank any of these Joker portrayals because they're all different from each other. They're all very different. I could it's rank like, them. I don't know if I could do it. Because I, I don't think I could put Heath Ledger below Death of the Family Batman, uh, uh, Joker. And I don't think I could put Death of the Family Joker above Mark Hamill's. You yeah. know, like, I just don't know. It's I different. think they're all... You'd have to separate them all in the different categories, I think. Very maybe. meaningful to me. Because like you had said, at some point we would probably rank these. And maybe I could throw numbers on them. Right. Just to do it for an episode. But I don't know if it's true or not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I really don't. I don't know if I could do it. I guess I'd really have to uh, abandon my life, <laughs> lock myself in a room, maybe a closet of sorts. Just study this insane man. Maybe become him. Yeah, maybe. You know, if if I'm going to be an actor one day, an and maybe actor. I th- an actor, I think I have to be method enough. Yeah, to become the Joker and create chaos around Grundy County. I don't think you could be the Joker. 
Well, I think I could. Why? Why? I don't know. I think you'd be a better like. Is it a Batman villain? I'm gonna yeah. cast you as a Batman villain. Sure. Um, Calendar Man, <laughs> Egghead. Um, no, I was Condiment s- King. Yeah, that's a good one. No, I was gonna say um, the Catwoman. What's the ventriloquist guy? The dummy. Um, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate you. But you're the dummy. I th- yeah, right. That's what I th- assumed you were going to say. No, I, I think, think he, it's called the ventriloquist. Yeah, I think so too. I think you could pull off penguin. Penguin, huh? Yeah. Penguin. Like the Danny DeVito yeah, penguin. Danny De- yeah, Danny or, DeVito penguin. Or like I can see you walking around being like <laughs> I'm hideous. <laughs> look at look at my fused hands. <laughs> and I'll just eat random dead fish. Yeah. I don't like fish like that. I really I like sushi, but really want to go back and watch um, the Joker movie made me want to go back and watch the Dark Knight and 89 Batman. Um, yeah. I mean, I always want to watch 89 Batman. Yeah. Really? The Joker is the star of that movie, by the way. It's not really a Batman movie. It's basically a... Which one? 89 Batman. Oh, yeah. It's basically a Jack Nicholson, the Joker movie. I mean, it's kind of that way. I think they share leading roles in all of the movies, don't they? I don't know. I don't know. I think they do in Dark Knight. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's more of a Joker movie than... Um, I like the, the new Joker movie, though, and I want to see it again. I need to see it again to really grasp... I'd see it again, but for me, and as I've said in, in the previous review, it's not really Joker to me. I think you could have taken... You could have called that movie The Clown... And it had nothing to do with Batman, and it would have been fine. It would have been the same. But the idea was to tie it into. I like that they tied it in. I think that's interesting. I'd just like to see where they go with it, if they go anywhere with it. I hope they do. It's hard to I really hope they do. I think it's silly that they're going to make all this money with this movie, and then they won't do it again. Yeah. Bull crap. I I don't know. It's hard hard to say. Because at some points, I'm like, I feel like it's too cliche to say like the Heath Ledger Joker is the best portrayal. But then I know. Then I you watch it's... it and then you're like, yeah, it's pretty good. But yeah, you really got to go to. I guess if the... you're saying li- like live action portrayal of live the Joker, action, yeah. It, then this, comics completely are different. You can do so much more with that character yeah, in you... the comics. It's mind blowing. If you're remotely interested in the Joker, that's what I'm saying. You then need how do you rank to read them? the comics. Honestly, you need to go read. That's Scott Snyder, Ron. How can you honestly tell me that you could rank them when there's just so much stuff out there? There's so much that I haven't even read. I looked up a list of like the top 20 Joker comic stories. I probably haven't read 10 of them. Really? Yeah, a bunch of them are like older ones. I've read 100% of it. Really? All of it. No, no, not no. in the slightest. I just learned how to read like two weeks ago. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that. But I've read a lot more other stuff than Batman stuff in the first place. So, yeah, you know, we, we but, didn't even mention the Dark Knight um, comic Joker. Yeah. Which no, kind of take, takes it's, a page from the Joker movie, kind of borrows a scene from that. Not exactly, but which the scene in the television studio. 
Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. Um, Except he kills the entire audience. With Spoilers. doesn't he gas it? Yeah, gas the whole audience. Yeah, and th- and nobody, everybody thought it was part of the show, right? And they were laughing along with it. And then he literally just kills like a hundred people and leaves the room. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, for some reason, I I liked the Joker in that portrayal, but it's not really like the main. I guess it is kind of the main focus, a part of it anyway. Yeah, so it's hard to say. Yeah. He's really good. I don't know. I think I would put Heath Ledger as my favorite on-screen portrayal, but I'm not going to rank him. So there you go. So there you go. There's the Jokers. Let us know what your favorite is. And if you haven't read some of those comics that we've mentioned, Killing Joke, Death in the Family, Death of the Family, Endgame, The Man Who Laughs, um, and there's a million more we'll probably think of later, go read them. So, yes. And real quick, before we wrap it up, do you feel like, and we ranked our top 10, right? Top 10 supervillains. Yeah. Uh, which I enjoyed a lot. That was really fun. But do you think there is another villain that is similar to the Joker in depth or, uh, I don't know, like what type of character he is like is there another one that especially like in the marvel like universe, is there a marvel ripoff of the joker n- not necessarily ripoff but is there another character that has the same type of depth that the joker does because you can put the joker in literally any story situation uh whatever and he's going to work in it because he's so he can be anything you so want malleable to be. yeah um I'm sure there is, but I'm, nothing's coming off the top of my head. No? No. I, I don't know of one. I don't know of one that's on the same level as that character to where you can just use him any way, shape, or form, and it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, he's fought Superman. I mean, he's fought the Justice League. He's fought... Which, and you can't get rid of him. Yeah. And that's... That's what leads me to believe... That he is superhuman. That he's he not, is supernatural. Right. I honestly think, like, sometimes I like to think of him as, like, the spirit of chaos. Like, I don't want to say a demon or, like, some sort of supernatural being. I mean, especially in, like, the Scott Snyder run, right? So, I mean, his face is removed. Right. He does not have a face. And he doesn't die. And then he goes back, like, a year later or more. And puts it back on. And puts his face back on. Yeah. Like, that doesn't make any sense. And he doesn't have any sign of infection. Yeah. And or... those movie and those books, I mean, obviously they're comic books, they're over the top. But they're not like super outrageous. They're fairly grounded in reality. Well, I mean I mean the fairly. majority of it is. It's still a comic book. So that but... leads me to believe that. And then like the Arkham games kind of similar, which I think they borrowed some ideas one or the other from each other. I don't know which one. But um we didn't even talk about the Gotham Joker, which isn't really the Joker, but nah. they definitely borrowed heavily with the face stuff from... Yeah, they did. I, I haven't ever seen it. Like, I don't know what... I know what he looks like just from pictures, but I've never seen, um, like, the Joker in the show. So I can't tell you what it looks like. So I'm looking up who is the Marvel version of the Joker. Um, I don't really... It doesn't really seem like there is one. Let us yeah. know what you think. If who's a Marvel 
yeah. equivalent of the Joker. Because every other or, like villain and hero or even in a DC villain, or Marvel, they have like equivalents. Yeah, even a villain that yeah, that you feel like could be an equivalent. Not necessarily like stone cold the same person. It doesn't need to be the same person. It needs to be if you feel like it could be a rival to the Joker on its uh I don't know, I keep saying depth, but that's all I can think of. Is like the depth of character because you can put them in any situation and it works. Right. Not every villain can be put in most situations. Right. So well, I think that wraps it up. If you want to check out more, um, check out youtube.com slash snarp comics or go back and listen to some of our previous podcasts and check us out on patreon.com slash snarp comics where you can sign up to support the podcast for as little as a dollar a month. Yes. And it definitely helps us make more content. It will um, help us greatly. And we also have, uh, if you need like a quick way, I've had people ask like, how can I get the podcast quickly without an app? Snarfcomics.com. They're the most recent, like five or 10 around there. I think 10 are on the player right on the website. Yeah. No, that should be the most recent of every episode. It's right there on the website. Right yeah. on the first page, I believe. Right so. on the front page. Scroll down a little bit. You'll see them. All right. For Snarf Talk this week. I'm Jerry. I'm Chris. See ya. See ya. See ya.